Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of ClearedCast. And today we're going to focus on the military transition. And I have Clarence Dingman, a U.S. Army veteran and current executive with a certified service-disabled veteran-owned small business. So today we're going to talk about his journey, transition tips, a few guidelines that he has for some lessons learned that he may have gathered through his own journey into the private sector, and how he was able to move up the ranks as a boomerang employee. So I'm really excited to get into it today. But first, thanks a bunch for joining the podcast. Yeah, hey, Katie, thanks for having me. Awesome. So the military transition, I know that everyone's is different and some people may thrive in one facet over another, whether it be getting the logistics tied up as you're transitioning out or actually obtaining a job or really just networking well with recruiters. And I was actually at Fort Meade recently and it was a huge question from those that are a year or two out really on how to be successful through their transition. And so let's talk about your transition. And one sort of common theme that I've seen is it's really important to have people in your corner as you navigate the transition as a whole. So tell us a little bit about how yours went. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Katie. My transition, I think very similar to a lot of others who've you know gotten out of the military in recent years is one that is not without its challenges. But to your point, I think that having that very strong network that's multidisciplinary is is absolutely essential. You had highlighted, you know, some are very good at, you know, say the logistics challenges, some at, you know, networking for professional purposes, some at identifying really what they want to do. And it's a combination of all those things because, you know, when you've transitioned from the military, you now have a lot more control over your own destiny. And with that control comes a responsibility to fine tune your network, fine tune the desire that you have for professional success. And, and in, and in your personal life and some of the some of those things you know that that could come to bear where you want to work what exactly you want to do factoring in other other things like cost of living cost of insurance maybe job related skills or maybe you know, looking at other family factors where you want to be close to, to certain family members. So all of that really comes down to having a, a well-defined network that you can tap into and gather those experiences and in- incorporate them into your own so that you, you have a good transition plan. And one last thing that I'll say is no matter how good your plan is, the first year after transitioning from the military is, is rough. And it wasn't just for me. It's rough for literally everyone that I come in contact with, you know, has different experiences. Everything's not going to go according to plan. And I know we all know that coming from the military, but if you have a plan in place and a well-defined network, you can be successful when you transition. Sure. And you know, you talk about being in control of your own destiny and the responsibility that comes with it, but also a lot of fear that comes with it Mm -hmm. for service members who, you know, haven't necessarily been in so much control. And so I'm curious because a lot of folks that I speak with, they may be like a year out, they may be two years out, they may be just starting at like six or three months out. Mm -hmm. So do you recall when you really sort of made that plan and how far out you were from your ETS date? So I started making my plan just about a year out. And I found that that was probably about like the ideal range 
I think, you know, anywhere between six months to a year out. And it really depends on what types of professional employment that you're going to be interested in following your career in the military and what maybe types of professional certifications, additional education you might need in advance of your transition to set you up for success, you know, day one when you transition from the military. A lot of the planning as well as employment opportunities that you know, you're going to become exposed to as you're a transitioning service member really don't come to prominence until you're about a year out and maybe maybe a little bit closer. But it's, it's good to start that research, start the conversation, and most importantly, to go back to that first question, start building your network if you haven't already. That's absolutely critical, you know, as you get closer to that separation date year out, then six months, then three months, you know, you really want to have as, as best well-defined network that you possibly can have, because that's going to help you in multiple ways once you transition as a service member. Definitely. And one thing I did want to highlight that you spoke to a little bit earlier was having a multidisciplinary network. And so having folks that are maybe in the industry that you're looking to work in, have folks that have transitioned and are a few years into civilian life. And, you know, even when you're networking with recruiters, have recruiters in your corner that may be able to give you tips, may be able to connect you with someone else. So do you have any advice for service members as they're reaching out to recruiters and starting that networking process? Yeah, absolutely, Kate. But uh, to go to that earlier point before transitioning here, the other the other thing that I would offer is also looking into financial planners and others who are necessarily going to be those kind of supporting agencies as you transition, because you know you're not going to have necessarily Tricare or other other types of you know medical insurance or the TSP or financial savings programs that are available when you're in the military. So you want to get as much exposure to those when the risk is low. So you know a year out, start doing your research and a lot a lot of banks offer that for free and you know you should incorporate that into your network as you're looking as those those supporting services because that can help to alleviate some of the fear you know, and as you're looking to reach out to recruiters, you know, I would offer that you're opening your availability and, and really just be fully upfront, you know, say, hey, I'm a year out or I'm six months out because that helps in the decision making process. Equally, a great question to ask is if you're pursuing opportunities, especially in government contracting, you want to identify if that work is current or maybe it's for future work, maybe it's for a proposal that's going in. So you may not have a guaranteed position in line with your timeline. Being upfront with your with your transition timeline, another great benefit to that is if you're not available for six months or more, that's okay. It might lead to conversations about you know, the skill bridge program or additional training that's available either through the company or, or things that you might want to take into consideration. I'd ask about the facilities clearance, especially if you're in a cleared employee and especially if it's a small business. With the larger businesses, there's a little bit more stability and known factor. Uh, but with smaller businesses, you know, it's more agile and, and can be more of a risk situation. So you want to you want to confirm about the facilities clearance, especially if you're considering keeping your clearance post-transition. I'd also ask about the skills that are required for a given position or maybe maybe potential training that's recommended. Things like CompTIA's Security Plus, maybe your PMP. And don't be afraid to share those opportunities 
you know, if you're outside of your transition window, say, you know, if I had a position that was open today, but your transition window is a year from now, don't be afraid to share that with your peers who may be in a similar situation. And that helps to build your network when you're ready to transition and you're looking for a position. The last thing that I can offer is, is get a second date. Whenever you're engaging with, you know, potential employers or recruiters, figure out how it is best to follow up with them. Ask about when you might want to reach back out to them and and continue that engagement following any discussion because you know having having your your profile pop up frequently i know i can speak from my own personal experience seeing those profiles pop up frequently those are generally the people that i'm going to look to first when i have a new position that comes open so frequent engagement can go a very long way especially if you have the time in your transition timeline to continuously reach out That's amazing. And I'm so happy that you're perpetuating this thought that if you're not ready for the position or it's outside your window, share it with your your network. Because when I was recruiting, that is, you know, one of my main reasons that I was sort of targeting the transitioning service members that were coming out because Obviously, they have a network of folks that are transitioning out soon as well. Absolutely, and and that starts demonstrating your value to that organization. So if you you know share an opportunity with your peer group and someone who may be a little bit closer in their transition timeline or actively seeking, if they pick up a position there, one, it makes it easier for you to get in the door because now you really know somebody who's there, and two, it shows that you can bring value outside of your given skill set to to a potential future employer. I love that, and so sort of speaking to maybe the education gaps that are so natural just because you're sort of diving into the unknown. And so how can veterans close that education gap as they're networking for a job in corporate America or defense contracting? And I'd like to dive into transition assistance programs and maybe what TAP misses. Yeah. So I I think TAP does a really good job of, you know, being able to reach as many potential transitioning service members as possible. But when you have a a program that's, you know, that kind of blanket umbrella type approach, what you often miss out is the individual focus. And every, every service member's transition is there's, there are definitely similarities, but there are every service member's transition is unique to them. And around that, I, I think some of the areas where TAP has gaps you know, one is is life skill training, such as long term financial planning. You know, I think TAP does the best that it can for the the amount of transitioning service members. I think individuals, if you're coming up on that, you know, you're 18 months or a year out, consider working with a personal financial advisor so you can remove some of that fear, some of that unknown. You can often start very small. A lot of banks, you know, such as USAA, will offer baseline services just for being a member. And USAA isn't the only one out there, just as an example. But knowing your long term financial goals will help you plan where you want to settle. It'll help you plan the type of work that you want to pursue and understand, you know, what you're trying to get out of work. That kind of leads to my second point of, you know, career goal setting sessions. Know what you really want to get out of work. For example, do you want to be leading people or things? Do you need a staff to succeed? Are you willing to go above and beyond and look at skills that are required? necessary for the business and can provide additional value and then work on building those skills or is work transactional to you? And any of those questions are completely valid with equally valid answers. 
it, TAP doesn't necessarily tailor those individual questions to support goal setting like that. So it's best to seek out a mentor or several mentors within that network who have had a similar transition journey or have some expertise, you know, in, in those various areas. The other thing I can offer, you know, seeking out additional skill training like Security Plus or PMP that I previously talked about. You can use your GI Bill while you're still on active duty to gain access to these types of upskilling programs. You can also use SkillBridge uh, as an example that's personal to me. I use Villanova University Online's PM program. There's several Ivy League type universities that offer those training programs for PMP and your GI Bill can pay for that uh, while you're still in. What I'd also offer is, you know, technical and upper level interview preparation. You know, TAP does some mock interviews, but again, I think it, it they may come up a little short on the specific role, especially nowadays with with the increase in IT skills, uh, specific role preparation. It's a great opportunity to exercise your network and going back to, you know, reaching out to those recruiters or even, you know, your mentors, doing some mock interviews with a skill set that is pertinent to the type of employment that you're seeking is really, really important. And it can allow you to really succeed when it comes time to do the actual interviewing. Resume tailoring, I think, is another thing that, uh, I, you know, again, TAP does a really good job in, in general resume preparation and kind of necking down your bullets and really enabling you to succinctly say what your achievements are. But as you're looking towards new opportunities and, and you know, tailoring them specifically, I, I don't think that TAP necessarily pushes you to tailor individual resumes for each of your opportunities. I, I'd offer that, you know, you want to try to write your resume to this specific opportunity when you're when you're submitting, especially if you're not networked into that that career field or that particular company. And so, you know, you can have your shell be the same, you know, that you worked on in TAP, but you you want to focus on really tailoring your words and your achievements to the words as they were written in the job description. You know, we've already really, really touched on, but I, I just want to hit it again. You know, the importance of networking, it's a learned skill over time. It can be touch and go based on the installation that you're, that you're currently stationed at. But networking, you know, via reaching out through various channels will oftentimes get you in the door and start the conversation. And, you know, in starting that conversation, the last thing that I'd offer here is, you know, negotiating a total compensation package. I definitely didn't have an understanding of what that meant when I got out uh, or as I was transitioning and what industry compensation packages looked like. And there's a lot of factors to weigh in besides just your salary. For example, you know, insurance, paid time off, 401k and other long-term savings, travel and work-life balance. These are complex conversations to have and exercising your network and your mentors in both understanding and rehearsing uh, compensation negotiation is something where I think TAP has a gap. And I, I would I would invite anybody who's going through transition right now to, to really reach out to your mentors and get a little bit of a sense of their experience so you can use it as you are prepping your own transition plan. Makes total sense. And so it really just sounds like TAP is a jumping off point and really not the end all be all. You need to seek out other resources and Clarence, you named quite a few good ones. And so next, I'd really like to dive into your personal journey a little bit more. And so I know that before we hopped on this podcast, 
we talked about a story and really the importance of getting things in writing. And so I'd like to talk about that a little bit because it might not be something that's at the forefront of service members' minds. And then talking about burning bridges in general, just because that's as you're networking with recruiters and other professionals in the industry you're looking to work in. Tell us a little bit about those things and how it might relate to your story. Sure. So getting things in writing. So, you know, my previous comments kind of tie to this, but you, you really want to be able to trust those who you work for, you work with, but it's important to get those types of expectations on both sides in writing. Of course, coming from the military, you know, nothing ever goes according to plan. And sometimes, you know, you exceed in certain areas while struggling in others over the course of time and having expectations, goals, and corresponding, you know, compensation increases mutually agreed upon and documented regularly and regularly discussed, I should say, help maintain the healthy relationships, especially if it's, you know, with a friend of yours that you're going into business with and being able to kind of separate out the friendship versus the business relationship. For me personally, you know, I took a, a position of employment a few jobs ago where I was engaged by a company. I was promised a few things verbally and provided that I was able to deliver on, on certain operational capabilities. And when I did that, unfortunately, it didn't seem like that promise was going to be honored. So because of that, I, I departed from that company and uh, it gave me the opportunity actually to be a boomerang employee, which I know we're going to be talking about. That being said, that, that boomerang opportunity would not have happened uh, if I had burned any bridges on previously leaving a company. The, the strongest advice outside of you know building your network I, I could give here is never burn bridges in the business world. There's going to be times where you know, you're in the moment and you very much want to do so, but I, I would strongly caution against doing that. You know, in the larger community and especially within the government contracting community, it's a small community and it's very reputation based. If at all possible, transition from your activities or positions of employment professionally in a manner that that sets the best conditions for success after departure. And you know, in so doing, it creates other opportunities for you as an individual. So, so I give my strongest uh, suggestion to never burn bridges within our community. You being a boomerang employee, I know from a, a recruiter's point of view, even whether it was a fully funded open position or a proposal effort that we were working on, anytime mainly proposal efforts because it was easy. If current employee, if you're able to submit them with an LOI, that's great. But, you know, former employees that had not burned bridges, that was a recruiting tactic of ours. You know, that's the easiest way to get an LOI and submit someone that you know their work, you know their resume. And so talking about your experience as a boomerang employee, are there any benefits to it or anything else you'd like to add there? Yeah, for sure. So so how I became a boomerang employee at my previous company. So so I became a boomerang employee at my previous company because, you know, when that that issue of trust and not getting something in writing came to bear, I was looking at a number of different opportunities and I called up one of my former bosses and I said, hey, would you just like to meet? I'd like to talk to you through a couple of things that I'm facing right now. I'm having some challenges. And... I did not think it was going to culminate in a job offer. Didn't even know that there was anything out there that would bring me back. But when you know the opportunity presented itself, I took it because I knew what it meant. And being a boomerang employee to me, the benefits far outweigh the potential drawbacks. You know, you go back to a known organization; it's a known culture where you were comfortable before. The administrative structure is generally the same, and the company gets a known quantity back. So there, there's a lot of benefit there. The organization or the company knows your 
your your capabilities and what you bring to the table. The thing that I'd say for me is that at a certain point, the downside could become challenging to move beyond you know your given position and kind of your your progression if that's the thing that you desire to do. If you desire to progress within the corporate world or you know to a, a position of greater responsibility, after a certain point, I think there there is a bit of a downside you know remaining remaining in an organization, but you have to decide where that point is. When I was at my previous company, the first time I was there for three years and the second time I was there for four years. So, you know, almost a, a total of seven years and change at the same company. And that's a long time to be at one company in, in the given industry. But I absolutely love the culture. It was really enjoyable while I was there. Nice. And I'm just realizing myself, I was a boomerang employee, kind of at one point. I, you know, supported a contractor. I ended up leaving for another opportunity at another contractor. And then I left the defense contracting space and went into the private tech space. And when I was laid off from that company, I went back to another contractor and it was because we didn't burn any bridges there. So yeah, it just, it speaks to, you may have a plan, but things don't always go according to plan. And so I love hearing those stories. I think they're really important to share. And so Clarence, I really appreciate you joining me today. And I thought that we would close off on tips on how veterans can move up the ranks within an organization. And I know that you've certainly done that in and around this space. So if you could share some of your top tips with our audience today. Yeah, absolutely. So just to just to give a perspective of what my progression has been for those that are listening. So I started out at my previous organization as a project manager. I had worked my way up to a program manager and then, you know, up into the, I would call it senior operations support for, for the company. I transitioned from, you know, after, after three years at that employer, uh, transitioned to another company, which, you know, the one that I, that I left after a relatively short time for a director level position to go back to my previous company where where again worked up into a more senior role in operations and and in so doing and and having a strong network the current company where I'm at I was actually engaged by the CEO back in the summer and it turns out you know we were platoon leaders about 17 years ago so you never know when uh, your network is going to really come to bear and it certainly did for me into my current position as president of in uh, small IT services with that said, within one organization, I'd, I'd recommend if you're looking to, to move up through the ranks, learning how to write and document your professional experiences is really important. If, you, you know, if you're looking for progression, you've got to show to the organization that you bring value outside of what they hired you to do. So you know, whether that's continuous quality delivery for your current work, or maybe it's focusing on future work and sales, all of that really falls around your ability to write and to document and and to support proposals and opportunities when you can. By creating more work, especially on the small business side, by creating more work for your organization and setting the conditions to be awarded more work allows you to progress to a certain level. For example, if you added five to 10 new employees on a contract, that's a really big deal. And that helps you know leverage expectations with your employer for progressing up the ranks, what that might look like to you. For others, it may be you know getting additional job training. You may come in as a help desk professional and look at the various different certifications offered by CompTIA and decide, you know what, I really want to be an information system security officer. Well, what's my pathway to get there? Well, I've got to get my security plus and then I've got to, you know, get these other various certifications to allow me to get there. So engaging with your employer and making that part of like your annual plan and then following through on that is really important if you want to progress, you know, that way technically. And there's there's a number of other, you know, certifications that are out there, not necessarily IT 
related, maybe engineering related, and so forth. When you're moving to a new organization or considering moving, especially after your initial transition, you want to be able to exercise your network. I alluded earlier that a friend of mine who is the CEO of, of our parent company reached out to me and we were platoon leaders 17 years ago. You never know when those types of opportunities are going to emerge. So you want to continue to curate and foster your network, being connected to others within your professional sphere, as well as their leadership creates access points for you to enter into different companies and different organizations. You know, connecting with them at recruiting team industry events, mentors who have transitioned previously, all of those things help set the conditions for you if you're looking to you know, progress outside of your current organization and if you're you're that outwardly focused. And what I'd also say is, you know, this is this is kind of a, the the individual's employment own situation is you have to really understand your organization and understand how far you can progress internally before deciding if you want to seek externally. I would offer that, you know, if you're able to progress internally at your organization and you like what you do, by all means, stay there. But if you are looking to continue to progress, sometimes it's not even that you dislike your employment. It's that in order for you to progress, you have to go to a different organization. Maybe you've gone as far as you can at your current position of employment. So you want to consider that and kind of having your head and, and mentors in your network can help you get there. You want to consider that as you're looking to progress within within corporate America, within GovCon. Excellent. All really great tips, Clarence. And we really appreciate you sharing your journey with us today. Moral of the story is TAP doesn't cover it all. So you need to enlist your network and seek out mentors and get more folks in your corner to help you be successful through your transition. And so for more tips on the military transition, you can visit news.clarencejobs.com. Oh.